You're about to listen to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor at Caris Center International. Reverend Josh Lai is a preacher of the gospel of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be blessed as you listen. so much for light. Your word has the potency to purify. It is not the fire that burns. It is the fire that purifies. Let this fire of your word purify our minds. Thank you for edification because we submit to your word. May you be glorified in this. In the name of Jesus. Amen. We have been looking at judging the right way. And this should be the last on that series. Judging the right way. Judging the right way. So this is part six. Matthew 28 verse 18 to 19. Judging the right way part six. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I am with you always to the end of the age. I am with you always to the end of the age. This is an exodus language. I am with you. I am with you. Anytime there's redemption, God wants to bring his people out. He tells them he is with them always. Amen. Yeah. So God's redeem also has God's care. God does not leave us. He neither forsakes us. He's always with us. But there's a charge. What's the charge? Go and make disciples. The word disciples is the word matatio. Everybody say matatio. All right. The Greek, which means apprentice, trainees. So we are apprentices. We are trainees. So we go and also train. So there's a charge to go and train. We train not after our kind. We train after Christ's kind of whose kind we have become. Very important. So we make disciples because we have been discipled. You can't make disciples if you have not been discipled. Remember Christ discipled them. Then he asked them to go and make what? Disciples. So you cannot make disciples if you yourself have not been discipled. In other words, if you have not been discipled and you decide to disciple... You are going to bring them after yourself. So each one in the body of Christ must submit to discipleship. Why? Because Christ has a way of doing things. Just like an apprentice learns from their master, we learn from Christ. 
And Christ committed us to men to disciple us. So Christ left and gave us men by the Holy Spirit to disciple us. So everybody in the Christian world must submit to a man to be discipled. God's method is man. That's why you were given birth to by your father. God created you, but God didn't give birth to you. He gave you to a man. So God, in his infinite wisdom, trusts men to hand over men to men. So we, we do not try to be wiser than God. I want the Bible to teach me. I don't listen to any man. You were born into a local family. You were not just born into the world. In the same way spiritually, we are born into a local family. And we are trained in the local family. That's why he said teaching them. Who were to teach them? Men. We teach them. We teach them. So we have learned so clearly that it is so important that we are taught the right way. And when we are taught the right way, we begin to do things like Christ will do them. And so we don't judge like the world judges. We judge like Christ will judge. So we saw the adulterous woman in her sin. People caught her and everybody who caught her thought that they were going to be congratulated. But Christ stooped down and started writing on the ground. And they who took their stones in the end realized that they have to cast the stones on themselves. So his method of judgment is different from the world. Morality and righteous living are not the same. Morality says it is me. I want them to know that I know how to do right. Righteous living is about him. Working in me rightness. So when, when morality stands, you see self-righteousness. When righteous living stands, you see God at work. In mercy and in love. So we saw that he said we should not condemn Matthew chapter 7. Because you have timber in your eyes. Yet you want to remove a particle in, in another person's eye. So we realize that we judge being very careful, soberly, with the fruit of the spirit at work. So we don't just condemn people. No, we judge them by being cautious, even we ourselves. Because we can be where they are today. Is that very clear? We saw that we bring ourselves together in correction. We do not condemn one another. We're going to cap it today by a certain mindset and a certain mentality. Say, I must be the helper. In every situation of judgment, go with the mindset of help. Go with the mindset of help. How can I help them? We correct. We don't convict. It is the Holy Spirit that convicts. We correct. Matthew 16 verse 6. Look at what Jesus said. Then Jesus said to them, take heed. And beware of the living of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. This verse 
can be a bit confusing because at the time they were going somewhere and they had packed and they didn't pack bread. So as Jesus was talking, they would have felt that Jesus was talking about the bread they've left. So they're living there. If you're not careful, you would think he's talking about bread. But he was talking about the doctrine of the Pharisees. Say the doctrine. Say the doctrine. Oh, say the doctrine. Now, what is the doctrine of the Pharisees? Condemnation. Condemnation. They act as supermen. They know God more than anybody else. They beat down people. They put yokes on them that their little finger cannot even try to carry. They make sure that people are reading in judgment and condemnation. So Jesus told them to beware of the living of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. It was a warning. Say it was a warning. All right. So you see, if Jesus would tell somebody to beware, it means that if you ignore it, your faith is going to be in serious jeopardy. Beware of the doctrine of condemnation. Many believers are living in guilt, sin consciousness, because of the doctrine of condemnation. Many people come to church, but they are under yoke. Because somebody right here or right there is so judging them unworthy when God has called them clean. And they feel the weight of sin. So strong, they cannot see bright into the future the righteousness of God, who they have become. Let's see everyone that is in the faith as a work in progress, including you. At every level you are, there's another layer. Write it down. You have not gotten there. Nobody. Look at what Timothy tells us, 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is given by inspiration. Of God. So scripture. God's breath. And it's profitable for doctrine. For doctrine. Doctrine first. Say doctrine first. Or say doctrine first. Now with the doctrine you will know what to. What you see as evidence. Or what you see as false word evidence. When you see the way people believe. They are believing the way they believe. Because of the doctrine they know. If you come here, whatever we are doing here, we are doing it because of the doctrine. So you see, it's your doctrine that trickles down to how you behave. It determines how you think, how you speak, and how you behave. That's why he says, for doctrine, and then for reproof. In other words, it will either confirm, affirm, as good evidence or false. So there are certain traditions you throw away. The fact that your parents did it doesn't make it right. The word of God has its own standard. If it is not by the standard of the word of God, it is wrong. It is a false evidence. So that's when you receive correction. Say correction. When you think that whatever you're doing is right, you would not ask to be corrected. But when you allow the word of God to be the measuring rod, that is where you accept correction. 
And then you can receive instruction in righteousness. He says, when that happens, then the man of God may be complete. Thoroughly equipped for every good work. Say, for every good work. Say, for every good work. Now, watch this. For every good work, what is the good work for? Tell me good work that doesn't involve people. Tell me good work that is not a blessing to people. Tell me. So you see, your good work is meant to help others. Your good work is meant to be a blessing to others. So when God is training you, he is training you for others. Oh, did you hear what I just said? God does not just train you for you. He knows you live in this world with others. And what God wishes for you, he wishes for all men. It is God's desire that all men be what? Saved. And come to the knowledge of the truth. So you see, when God trains you, he wants to see your training benefit others. If God trains me, I become a blessing to you by his training. Is that very clear? So anytime God is doing something with you, he has others in mind. So don't wallow in your self-righteousness and always throw condemnation around and beat everybody down and make them feel miserable. And then you are the one who stands alone, God's favorite. You have a messed up mind, realign. That is not the mind of God. Elijah made that mistake. He said, ah, I am left alone. I am the only one left. God said, oh, no, you are not. There are 7,000 who have not bowed down. Anytime you think you are the only one left, as the one who stands for God, you made a mistake. As a matter of fact, I have realized that the people who are really doing the work, most of them, they do it unannounced. Because whilst the world so talks about fame, God talks about help. Do you see how God helps? He doesn't announce it. When God came as a man, they couldn't even recognize him. That's how God does things. That's how God does things. Very unassuming. Look at something in Ephesians 2.8. 10 to 10. I'm reading from the TLB, the Living Bible. Ephesians 8 to 10. Watch it. Because of his kindness, you have been saved through trusting Christ. And even trusting is not of yourselves. Say, even the trusting was given me. You say, I have faith. Yes, you do. It was a gift. There's nothing in this salvation that you brought. If you had brought something, you would have spoiled everything. <laughs> he said, it too is what? A gift from God. Salvation is not a reward. For the good we have done. If it is not a reward for the good we have done, it means that our good cannot add to salvation. Is it making sense? Cannot add. So if you are waiting for a certain reward, I'll talk about that next year from January. You are waiting for a certain reward because you live a good life. And because of that, you are waiting for rewards. Say. God will give me rewards when we go to heaven. I'm living a good life. 
I'm sorry. There's a reward, but it's not for good life. When you are living good, right, you are partnering God on earth to do his work. But the point is that he is the one who has equipped you. And so it's not for yourself. You didn't end the right, end the points by doing it. He gave it to you. So he expects you to give others. Did you hear what I said? Does that mean I should live by heart? No. It doesn't mean so. But then if you're living right and you think that that is what ends you heaven, you're making a mistake. No. It is for you here on earth and for others on earth. Say for others. Let your light so what? Before. No, before God. Before who? Men. That who may see your good works? Men. Men. You see, so your good works should be a blessing to men. Your good works is meant for here. It's not meant for heaven. Oh, I didn't hear papa. May hear papa mark or heaven. Your good works is meant for here. You're going to see the scripture. What does he say? Go. It's not a reward for good we have done. So none of us can take any credit for it. Say, I don't take credit. Say it like you mean, I don't take credit. Next, it is God himself mm -hmm, who has made us what we are and giving us new lives from Christ Jesus. And long ages ago, he planned that we should spend these lives in doing what? In doing what? In doing what? So you have been saved to be a helper. You have been saved to be a helper, to help others. So be very careful about your understanding in the word of God. Because normally we think that, oh, we have to just live morally right so we can condemn other people and point fingers at other people. Watch this. When Paul was talking about we being changed in 1 Corinthians 15, he said something. He said, be not deceived, 33, evil communications corrupt good manners. Evil communications corrupt good manners. What was the context? The context was doctrinal issues. Very important. Who you learn from, who you listen to, becomes what you live and how you live. It's just like food. When you look good, people ask, how, what are you eating these days? Hey, how are you eating? What, what's your diet? Spiritually, it's the same. The spiritual food you eat will determine how healthy you are spiritually. Did you hear what I just said? So you see, don't be listening to people who keep condemning. It will make your faith useless. Because you would always look at people from a certain perspective. And you will not become a tool as God's help to men. Did you hear what I just said? You can never. You make God's work on you and in you useless. Because every time you see people, condemnation. Can you see that the only people Jesus dealt very hard with were the Pharisees and the Sadducees? But for everybody else, you see how Jesus looked at them, how Jesus judged them. 
He was judging the Pharisees and the Sadducees because they had made their traditions nullify the word of God. They look at people with condemnation. They can be a help to anybody around them. They burden them with yokes. May, may you not judge people that way. So, look at the positive influences. Let them influence you as a good example to always be a blessing to people. Listen to the word of God that would always point you to helping others. Raising others up. Seeing others become great as God is making you great. Not making other people feel small. They are the small boys of the Lord. Look at how Apostle Paul admonished his prodigy, Timothy. 1 Timothy 4.12. He says, but be thou an example of the believers. So, his good works is meant to be what? An example. Say, an example. Oh, say, an example. In what? Word. In conversation, in charity, that is in love, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. Praise God. Say, be an example. Oh, say it like you mean it. Say, be an example. Say, I am an example. Note this. It's very important. Whatever God is using you to do, he can use others too. In whichever area or weakness you have mastered, know that God can help others through you to also master. Did you hear what I just said? Whichever area of weakness you have been strengthened, you have prayed you have worked by the grace of God and you are good in that area, know that God through you can make others so. Now, if you see things that way, you would always encourage others up. You know, beat them down. When you hear a pastor say, oh, as for people, they don't change you. Run away. Because then why are they preaching? Because we preach for people to do what? So if you yourself are saying people don't change, then stop preaching. <laughs> then it means that you yourself, you don't change. <laughs> ah, is it making sense? You don't change. Then you don't change. But God changes people. When people yield to God, he changes them. And that's why we will continue to preach. Because we know his word changes. I am not like I was yesterday. Today, I've moved a layer. I don't know about you, but you move. Do you see? And can you measure your growth every morning? When you look at your body, you say, I've grown here. Can you measure it every morning? But all of a sudden, you see that, ah, you've grown. That's how we grow in Christianity. You don't see it. But all of the, ah, wow, I can pray for one hour. I, I'm surprised. But you can't measure it. Now, you can see that your tolerance level is very high. Something happens and you, you, you behave in a certain way and you show so much tolerance. And you, ah, is that me? Decide to measure it every morning. 
You think you're not growing. But listen, as you listen to God's word, it's happening to you. I mean, somebody called me this week and told me, said, Pastor, thank you. Thank you so much for the messages. I said, what? He said, something happened in the office. And what happened? Pastor, I was shocked the way I behaved. I didn't know I am changing. Everybody was asking, hey, is that you? But then they didn't know. But when, when we keep listening to the word, the word changes us. The word is transformative. There's power in God's word. There's power. Be an example in word. So, your example show in your words. Your example shows in your conversations. Your example show in your love. How you show love to people. Your example shows in the spirit. When you talk to people, the spirit there is attitude. Attitude in your attitude. You don't look at people condescendingly. You know, some of us can talk. And whilst you are talking, it's, it, 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 they can know that. Obusa. Praise God. As a pastor, you are required to tell people and counsel them what to listen to and what not to listen to. It's very important. Just like a father will always tell their children what not to listen to and what to listen to. True or false? Yes. When we're kids, you go somewhere and you go with your dad and if a stranger gives you maybe some present, you want to take it, but you don't want to take it. Then you look at your dad and look at the stranger. And then when your dad gives you eye, take it. No, assume. Oh, true, true or false. But the moment he gives you that wicked one, you know trouble. Yeah. So they determine what you feed and what you don't feed because we are products of influence. Every human being is a product of what? Every human being. Look at something with <laughs> Nathaniel and Philip. John 146. That's a good friend. A good friend was introducing his friend. Look at it. Look at it. And Nathaniel said unto him, Can there be any good thing out of Nazareth? Philip said unto him, Come and see. Philip was introducing that to Jesus. And straight away, presumption. Instead of asking, oh, is he a good teacher? Nathaniel is looking at Jesus' background. This guy, he said he comes from where? Nazareth. I don't want you to use any locality. So I can have trouble. Let me use my own. Say, this Choco boy. This guy, you said he comes from Choco. Is there any good thing? From Choco, from Bisi, forget. But Philip said, <laughs> come and what? See. He said, come and what? Come and see. Come and see. You see, look at things the right way and you ask the right questions. And if you're not careful, you will miss your helper. But, but, but Philip 
He's a good guy. And he really wants to help you. May you be like Philip. We give up on people easily. Philip didn't give up. He still took him. I know people who have introduced me to people and they've been a blessing. I know people who have actually come to me. I, I will talk about my spiritual father. It's, it's amazing. Because, you see, let me tell you one of the things. One of the marks of spiritual maturity, I think we've spoken about that. You cannot help us or you can know you are a helper when you can receive people in their most vulnerable state and not take advantage of them, you will know you are helping. You not condemn them. You not just leave them on the floor. You will raise them up. You will feel what they are feeling. You will give them whatever they need at that moment to be able to live. Now, the question you should be asking yourself is this. If you were in that state, would you need people like that? If you would need people like that, People need you in that same way. Don't follow the way the world judges. Don't. Yeah. When you hear some of those motivational speeches, be careful. Be very careful. When he's always telling you, oh, oh, you can, hey, hey, don't go near them. You see people like that, don't go near them. Don't go near them. And he's always telling you to avoid people. Yet, when it's in their vulnerable state, they need people. That's bad counsel. Do you know what soldiers do when they go for war? When they see a wounded soldier, they don't leave him down and say, well, we're already in war. We are meant to die one of these days. Every die, they die. <laughs> so make we now leave you to do what? To die. No. They carry them with all their weapons and bring them to safety. Are you here with me? This one-man show business in Christianity must stop. And it starts with you. It starts with you. Say, it starts with me. Or say like you mean it. Say, it starts with me. It starts with me. Let me give you one example then we'll close. Look at Matthew 3. 11. Follow the trend. Follow it carefully. Matthew 3, 11. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I. Whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost and with fire. Now John said this about Jesus. True? At that time, you know, John was the man of the moment. And people were saying all kinds of things about Jesus. But look at what John said about him. Look at how John saw him. Look at John 1.30. Follow it. This is of whom I said, After me cometh a man who is pre preferred before me. For he was before me. Look at all the things that John was saying about Jesus. S say, I should be a helper. The world will say, Charlie, he's coming to take your place away. Deal with it. He's coming to take the shine. Look at John 3.30. John says what? He must what? Increase and I must. Wow. What a spirit. I want him to increase. I decrease. Because actually, John knows his work. And knows the work of Jesus. They are not the same. 
He was basically to show Jesus. But you see, men will fuel the strife. Look at John 3, 26. Follow it. Go. And they came unto John and said unto him, Rabbi, he that was with thee beyond Jordan, to whom thou bearest witness, behold, the same baptized, and all men come to him. Ah. <laughs> you see, man, may you not be that kind of a man. And if you're a leader and people come to you with that kind of news, don't encourage them. All men come to him. <laughs> so human beings usually push us into this. Can't you see he's the one they know? Please, ward off such non-essential and ungodly talk about others using us to shine. They are making John feel Jesus is getting all the attention. He responded well. Look at how he responded. John 3, 27 to 28. Go. John answered and said, mm -hmm. A man can receive nothing except what? It be given him from heaven. Ye yourself bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ. But I am sent before him. If you know yourself, when you are judging people, you will judge right. Most people who condemn people are insecure in themselves. But let's see. Sometimes it's a matter of time. Matthew eleven three. <laughs> oh John, oh John, oh John, under pressure. John was under pressure. John was under pressure. Do you know how many of us? During the time of pressure, we have bled judgment. And we forget about good friendship and what people have done severally for us during a certain time. And we easily forget. And we start calling them names. Are you here? So John was caught and he was in prison. He was expecting that Jesus would come. And get him out of prison. But it didn't happen. So he sent a message. Go and ask him. Matthew 11.3. He said unto him, Art thou he that should come? Or do we live for another? Did you just remember all the things that John said? John is asking this question. How is John judging now? Some of us, when somebody does us, does us good, ah, and they couldn't do it one day. <laughs> this guy is, is a bad man. He's wicked. You are the one who is forgetful. Very forgetful. May you never yield to such pressures. You know, it can grow into disaffection. True? Yeah. It can grow into such disaffection. Into such disaffection. There was a guy in... Third John, 1, 9 to 10. He's called Diotrephes. Diotrephes. Oh, Diotrephes. Are you there? Look at it. Go. I wrote unto the church. But Diotrephes, who loved to have the preeminence among them, 
May they not say this about you. You know, there are people, wherever they go, they must be the spotlight. If they don't get the attention, nobody gets it. Do you know what is happening to that person? In their mind, they are better than all. That's the mentality they carry around. That is the fruit you are seeing because it's a mindset. And because of that, he said, receive us not. They can never receive others. They can never receive instructions. They can never be helpers. And when they give instructions, it's always for their good and to their ego. Wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds, which he doeth, prating against us with malicious words. They are not content. They are contentious because they are not content. Any contentious person is not content. When a man is content, they are not contentious. Not content their way. Neither that he himself received the brethren and forbidden them that they would and casted them out of the church. When you have a Diotrephes among you, he's always condemning one believer to another believer. They are always kind of carrying the news. Be careful of this sister. Be careful of this brother. Be careful of this one. Be careful of this. Be careful of this. That's their song they sing. When we are singing and we are worshiping, they are saying, be careful of this. Be careful of that. Be careful of this. Because that's all they see. That's all they see. May your eye be the eye of Christ. Because you have the mind of Christ. Anytime Christ looks at you, he wants to help. Anytime. Let me say this and end it. Ask them, are you serving God? Ask them. Ah, you cannot ask them. Please, ask them. Okay. And uh, please, if you serve somebody, it's because the person needs help. So ask them, what help does God need? Ah. Uh-huh. You're going to fetch water for God to bath. Okay. So, so you see that God doesn't need help. Because God is self-what? Sufficient. So when we say we are serving God, what does he mean? We serve God when we serve men the way God serves them. That's why Jesus said, the greatest of the commandments, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and then love your neighbor as yourself. How do you love God? God doesn't have a fault. No. So when he says, love the Lord your God with all your strength, with all your soul, with all your might, what he's talking about is love the way God loves people. So love your neighbor as yourself. 
loves people. That's God's need. The need of God is people. <laughs> That's God's burden. Did you see that? John 4. The woman at the well. A time is coming when you have the true worshippers who worship God in spirit and in... Ah! The woman had how many husbands? Five. Well, was with one. Did Jesus condemn the woman? No. When she realized Jesus is the one, she went out and went to show love to the whole community that had rejected her. When, when they came, they brought Jesus food. Jesus said, no, I have eaten. I am satisfied. That is the need of God. That's how you serve God. That's how you serve God. I pray that your heart is opened for him. Your eye sees the way he sees. From today, when you see people, see God at work. Believe the best in them. May God help you to help them. In Jesus' name. Amen. You want to take some few minutes and talk to your father. Grace, glorious grace. At the cross, you called it finished. Thank you for listening to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor, Caris Center International. We believe the word has begun a good work in you. May God's amazing grace lead you to a peaceful and joy-filled life. Caris Center International, living heaven on earth. <laughs>